0: Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. All right. I almost said good morning because they really only let me up here on Sunday morning. So good evening. Thanks for coming out tonight. Appreciate everybody coming. Um, <clears throat> a little nervous because it's a Wednesday night crowd because y'all are different. All right. So y'all got your Bibles and pens and all that ready to roll. So. I'm excited tonight. We've been in a series, and I wanted to kind of close it out. I wanted to bring the last message, Um, although I didn't need to. We certainly have a a very capable group of pastors here. Let's just thank God for all the great pastors we have here. Amen? We're blessed, blessed, blessed. I like to say it this way. We have a deep bench. And so... uh, I love seeing their gifts in operation on Wednesday nights. It gives me a chance to kind of focus on Sunday morning. But this is one of my favorite topics, and, and, and tonight in particular, wanted to make sure I had a chance to bring the word to you. We have been in a series called The Holy Spirit. And so when I, I don't want to rehash or review anything. They've done a phenomenal job, and you can always go back. I would encourage you to go back and look at the archive messages. Um, it was a little challenging for me in a sense that because I hadn't taught the series of this, so tonight, I have so much information. I'm going to do my best to be very timely and get you what you need, what I feel like we all need, actually, from the Word. And then I would encourage you guys to really lock into the live notes, because then you can take that home and go over it again. Uh, this topic in particular is uh, one of my favorites, just because of what it's meant to me in my life. And we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit And so uh, I just want you to know, first of all, that it is a core value here at Tree of Life. Uh, You don't have to believe the way we believe in that regard on it to come here. I'll talk about that in a minute. But we do believe uh, it's part of our attendance of faith. We do believe in the empowerment and baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we do believe in speaking in tongues. And so I, I say that unapologetically. I don't say that arrogantly because I know not everybody agrees with that and I'm okay with that. Um, but as for me and my house, that's, that's the way we live and the way I was brought up. Um, at 11 or 12 years old, I think 12 years old actually, is when I received that, uh, we had been going, I got saved at a Baptist church as a kid and my mom and dad kind of rededicated their life through a series of events. They're just like, God, we know you have more for us. And so my dad felt a call into the ministry. So we ended up at a church That was uh, what we would call uh, spirit filled. Uh, I don't know how you would weigh that out in your definition. Um, You might call it um, kind of very uh, charismatic. And we shared a couple Sunday mornings. That kind of has a bad connotation. It's been a little hijacked. Charismatic just means gift oriented. And we're all gift oriented. And uh, you might call it a little fanatical, you might call it a little holy roller. That's what I would call it. I would call it that today. And uh, at 12 years old, it was my brother was 14, my sister was 10, but my brother and I at 12 and 14 in middle school weren't really you know, really tracking with dad on the whole following God thing at that point in time. We thought my dad had lost his mind. Where did, where did dad bring us? This is crazy stuff. And so we saw a lot of stuff going on and things like that, which no disrespect there, but we saw a lot of things going on. And, and then I remember one day when uh, they're passing the trays by, and my brother said, it's Kool-Aid, don't drink it. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. And uh, <laughs> it was communion. I didn't know what we, you know, we're just like, you'll end up like everybody else. <laughs> we didn't know any better, and then as we began to learn about the Holy Spirit, um, we were excited to be filled by him. So, uh, you know, I'm thankful for those experiences. Really, the only part of the Holy Spirit we have an issue with is tongues, which is what we're going to talk about tonight. To be honest with you, when we study out the Holy Spirit, most people don't have an issue with any of it. We, we love it, but you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. <clears throat> you don't get to pick and choose. You don't get to pick and choose scriptures, right? We want to, but you don't, <laughs> right? If you don't, if you don't believe in them or want to walk in them or disagree, that doesn't make them wrong. If God wrote it, it's not wrong. And let me say this. You don't need to be afraid or run from or fear God's gifts, because he is a good, good father. And he only gives good gifts to his kids. And so whether you understand things completely or not, you should understand the character and nature of God. And based on knowing his character and his nature, which he's expressed through his son Jesus, his unconditional great love, you should know that anything God has for you is good. And so uh, the gifts of the Spirit are good, the Holy Spirit, being baptized with the Spirit is good. It's wonderful. I hope to share some insight with you tonight because I really feel that most people I talk to that don't agree with the Holy Spirit, I have a problem with, I don't, I don't have a problem all with people not agreeing with me. I don't. I don't. Don't judge me. Don't try and convince me of your way. You know, show me in the word. I'm okay with that. And I don't judge people because they don't believe the way I believe. And, and let me say this here. You may agree or or not with me tonight on what I share, but the Holy Spirit with tongues, and that's okay, that's between you and the Lord and how you want to live and walk out your life. I'm I'm okay with that, I don't have a problem with that. I just, I'm unapologetic for our belief here, my belief in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues. And so, um, but the bottom line is, we're here to win souls, right? You cannot agree with me on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and still work together with us and win people for Jesus, right? You can do that. That's the, that's the number one thing that this church is about. We are a soul-winning church. That's our number one mission and priority. People can go to heaven without speaking in tongues, but they can't go to heaven without Jesus. Amen, okay? So, I, I just, I wanna make that very clear today. So, I, but I want you to know where I stand on the word. I believe in it. Uh, I'll celebrate, on November 6th, I'll celebrate my 50th birthday. I have been, thank, thank you. Those are the people that aren't 50 yet. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I didn't see anybody of 50 celebrate at all. <laughs> but uh, so, so I say that 38 years of having a personal relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. So I, I just want to, this church was founded on the belief in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And so we've been here over 36 years. And see what God's doing. And so I just want to say that right out of the gate. Again, I, I want to make sure the main thing is the main thing. I believe soul winning is the main thing. Then the next thing we see is, is making disciples or turning soul winners into disciples. And we do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. So he's a part of everything that we do. So uh, let's get started. Let me make three statements right out of the gate for you. Number one, we're on solid biblical ground about believing in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence speaking in tongues. That is all throughout the New Testament. And sometimes I wonder if people are reading the same Bible I'm reading, because I don't mean that disrespectfully, because I don't know how you can eliminate the passages of Scripture that talk about tongues. In fact, let's just be honest, the Apostle Paul talks about tongues, and he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, and the Apostle Paul was a tongue talker. He was. Now, we will live by his teachings, and everything he's taught, we study him, his messages are preached more than anything else, probably it's what we mostly live by, and but yet, we still are hung up on that one thing. So Paul even said I he goes I talk in tongues more than y'all cuz he was from South Israel. And uh <clears throat> so but he 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 shared about that in a uh, and so we're on solid biblical ground. I just, again, I don't mean any disrespect if you don't agree with me. I want you to know we're on solid biblical ground talking about speaking in tongues. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is an experience separate than salvation. You need to understand that. You don't get all there is as far as the Holy Spirit. For whatever reason God set it up, we'll talk about that in a minute. When you get saved, you do get the Holy Spirit when you're saved. There's a salvation experience. Pastor Cody talked about water baptism. It's an outward expression, of an inward work. Baptism being immersed. You're immersed in, into the family of God. Your life is changed the Holy Spirit comes to live and dwell in you. But then he talks about going to receive the promise of the Father and be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So I'll talk a little bit tonight about there are two separate works. You need to know that. There's an empowerment that comes or an immersion baptized in the Holy Spirit, an immersion in the power of God. So if he set it up that way and we see Jesus speaking to his disciples after the resurrection and he breathes on them, the Bible says then he breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. That was a salvation experience, the first ones recorded in Scripture, because Jesus just rose from the dead. He just paid the price on the cross. He just defeated hell and took the keys to hell and death. And then he rose again, and now people could have a relationship or be saved. So he breathed on on the disciples and the Holy Spirit. They received the salvation experience. Later, he says, go wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father, because you'll be baptized in power. Well, if there's only one working, why did he talk about a separate working? And so there's a lot of other examples there, so I just want you to know. So baptism of the Holy Spirit is a separate experience in salvation. Let me say it this way. And what we say, the baptism by water is John's baptism, that is a salvation, representation of a salvation experience. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is an immersion in the power of God. And so it is the promise of the Father. I say it this way. The baptism at salvation is for heaven, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit in power is for the earth. Okay, because you still got some earth to walk out. And we don't walk it out just in our own natural ability. We need a supernatural ability, ability beyond our own to fulfill the mission that we're to be on, to accomplish what God has set us here on the planet to accomplish, and we need to do that in ability beyond our own ability. We just don't do those things in the natural. We need to learn to operate in the supernatural. And so, because we live and serve with a supernatural God, Amen. Baptism of the Holy Spirit was a normal Christian experience for New Testament believers. That's what they did. You didn't, we didn't have a seminar on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We didn't have to do all these, you know, make sure everybody gets a White Tongues book and all that kind of stuff. And we, we'd have to, that's just what they did. In fact, they'd probably question if you weren't. And, and I just, I want to say that it's uh, through time, because of men's reasoning or misunderstanding or abuse and all that happens, that somehow it's become something. Not embraced, but maybe even despised, and that's really kind of sad. And it's not a crazy thing. Again, I know people in my profession abuse it, misuse it. I, I see it all the time. I hate that that happens. I see it all the time. My hope is if you've come to this church at any length of time, unless you're a visitor tonight, please come back. <laughs> and uh, but if you come at any length of time that I, I, that you would judge us not crazy or whatever, that's that's my hope. We're really not, or we hide it really well. Either one, I don't know. <laughs> But it was a normal Christian experience for New Testament believers. It's just over time because it's been used or misused rather, abused, um, misunderstood. Most people I have conversations with really have not dug into the scripture for themselves. And so I start asking them, well, where do you see that or whatever? And it's just, well, that's what I heard. And so my hope is let's dig in together tonight a little bit. But let's start in 2 Timothy 3, 1. Real quick, here we go. This is the reason for it. I believe this really reveals a lot of what we need the Holy Spirit for. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. Mark this, there'll be terrible times in the last days. That word terrible is also the word that means demonic. It's also the word that means evil. So there'll be evil times, demonic times in the last days. How many of you would agree we're there? Okay. So people would be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. Are you getting a picture of today's world? Without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good. Okay, that's the world we live in. Treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form, now listen to this last one, this last uh, scripture in this passage. Having a form of godliness but denying its power having a form of godliness but denying its power. See, we're not here to be on the planet to be Christians that are powerless. We're not here to be a church that's powerless. And so in today's world, because the days are evil, we need a power beyond our natural ability, and that's the empowerment that God brings to the immersion or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because why? Because the days are evil, and in evil days, we need to walk in the power of God. Because we have a mission. Can I say this? The more evil the days, and are we not getting there? The more of the power of God we need to walk in. Because if we don't walk in the power of God, then we are just, we have a form of godliness. And can I tell you, there's a lot of different forms of godliness out there. And it's becoming more and more confusing because more springing up all the time. But you cannot deny the power. You can have an argument about another belief or another religion, or you can have all these discussions all day long you want, but you can't deny the power of God. No argument trumps a miracle. No argument trumps a miracle. And so we are living in evil days, therefore we need a power beyond our own. God knew that. God knew these days would be evil, so he created that. System. So we need to live with the power of God. Um, If we don't live with the power of God, then we're missing out on our mission. Um, Jesus told his disciples to go to Jerusalem to receive power. It seems to me sometimes that we as Christians or even as a church, if you will, can be more worried about fitting in to these evil days than overcoming them. See, I believe we have a timeless message. We'll do things differently based on culture, based on generations, based, based on today and where we are. Our methods can change, but our message never changes. Never ever changes. And so we need to make sure that we're walking in the full gospel so we can be, if we're not different than the world, then why would the world want what we have, okay? So, the church is supposed to not blend into the world, but change the world. So, this one aspect of the Holy Spirit is what people have a hard time with. We we don't have a, we don't, the Trinity, we don't have a hard time with God the Father. We don't have a hard time with God the Son, Jesus. We just somehow, it's like, hey, I'll just take two out of three. I'll take those odds. That's pretty good, right? No, we want all of it. We want all of it. And so, we're going to talk a little bit tonight about that. You can go back online and listen to different things that we've taught more. We have more time for that. Uh, so the baptism of the Holy Spirit, let's talk about that. <clears throat> uh, go ahead to Acts 1 for me. Acts 1. Our problem really is about the heavenly language part, the tongues or the speaking in tongues. So let's understand some things about it. Acts 1, 4 through 8 says this. On one occasion while he was eating with them, Jesus with his disciples, he gave them this command. He gave them a command, not a suggestion. Here's why I what I need you to do. Here's what you are to do. Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. Say gift. Gift, Gift, my father, promise. Say promise. promise. God promises him a gift to walk out a victorious, overcoming life, which you've heard me speak about goes on to say, for John baptized with water into repentance, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Baptized with water reflects a salvation experience, baptized in the Holy Spirit in filling a power and immersion in the power of God. Why? Because the days are evil. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to come (laughs) to restore the kingdom? That's where I was going, come restore the kingdom to Israel. goes on to say this. He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, verse eight. But you'll receive power, say power. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, when when you go wait as I've commanded you in Jerusalem and you'll be baptized with power, the Holy Spirit, and you'll be my witnesses because you need to live like I live, you need to reflect my life, love, and power on the planet, why? Because days are evil, so you need to walk as I walked in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. That's why we talk about, we believe we're a soul-winning church, number one, then we make disciples and we do it in the power of the Holy Spirit, amen? Okay, to the ends of the earth. So we're, we are to walk in the power of God, that's what it says. Acts two, one through 12, The immersion of the Holy Spirit is so immersion of the power of God. Acts two, one through 12. When the day of Pentecost came, that's the event, they're celebrating a feast of Pentecost, they were all in one place, they're in the upper room, all in one place, suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting. Goes on to say this, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each and every one of them. Could you imagine 120 separate things looking like fire, right? It seemed like tongues of fire separated, so 120 came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, a second experience, an infilling baptism of the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, they were saying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. Why? Because the days are evil, and there's a mission that we're on. We're empowered to reach everybody on the planet. So, everybody representing everyone on the planet at that time is gathered together, and they each heard their own language being spoken. I love that picture right there. It is for us to share the life, love, and power of Jesus. It helps us live a victorious life. But so we can be witnesses. So we can win people to Christ. Because the days are evil. We need to walk in all that. I want you to know, and if I had time, I'd spend a little bit more here. I want you to know that it happened on the day of Pentecost for a reason. God always intended to empower his New Testament church. He always intended for the church to walk in power. And so what happened on that Pentecost day uh, for a reason, and and I won't go into a whole lot, I just want to give you a little bit. And actually the the day that they were celebrating was when they were were captive for 400 years from the Egyptians. God delivered them and it was Passover. Passover happened and they were all delivered. God's people were delivered because the blood covered them, okay? Then God took them out in the wilderness and then he gave them the Ten Commandments and basically when he gave his people the Ten Commandments, he turned them into a nation. They were now the people of God a nation of of God's people. It's what you would say 50 days later. Pente means 50. So on that anniversary, God pours out his spirit. The second working, they were saved as they were rescued that day from Egypt, and then they were formed into a nation, but this time, he's forming them into a church. The first time... It was a nation being established. Now a church is being established. He always intended at the establishment of his church for them to walk in his power. You can go back and study it out for yourself. But he intended for his church to walk in his power. And so what you see, it was intentional. God intended. He established his people 50 days after the Passover in the Old Testament, and he established his church 50 days after the anniversary of that. There's not a randomness to it. It's not coincidence. God does everything on purpose because he wanted his people to be a nation, to walk in power in the Old Testament days, and he wants his church to walk in his power today. Amen? Okay, so what does this mean? Why tongues? Paul wrote, uh, again, the writer and Paul wrote this in Corinthians. Uh, Let's go ahead and, you know what? Let me finish, I'm sorry. Let me finish this. Guys, if you'll go back. Let me finish that out. Okay. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these speaking, who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? And then it goes and just lists them all. Let's go down to 12. It just it lists all the languages there. It goes this. Amazing, perplexed, they asked, What does this mean? Is that not the question today? They were asking that question back there. That's the same question today. What does this mean? Why tongues? Let's take a look now at what Paul says, 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. Here's what it says. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come to you in eloquence of human with human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. And anybody could, it would be Paul. He was one of the most highly educated men of the day, men of the day. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith may not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Why? Because human wisdom is not enough for the days that we live in. Human wisdom is limited. God's power is unlimited. And if you try and live your life just based solely on human wisdom, you're limiting yourself and you will fall short. That's why God sent his power so we can live beyond human wisdom and walk in supernatural. Supernatural. Why? Because the days are evil. Can I tell you, none of it makes sense. It does not make one bit of sense when a man would go to a hotel and open fire and kill 59 people. Can't make sense of that. Human wisdom, you, you read all the news reports I read, human wisdom can't make sense of any of it. There's no sense. We live in a world that just won't make sense, and our human wisdom has limitations, but God is an unlimited God. Amen. And his power goes beyond our human understanding. So Paul's saying, You don't need another argument, you need a demonstration of God's power. Let's see, that I finish that out? We do have, or now listen to this, we do have or speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not, listen to this, but not the wisdom of this age. There's a wisdom beyond this earthly wisdom, he's saying. He's saying, uh, or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Because again, there's limitations on human wisdom and understanding. No, we declare God's wisdom, saying there has to be another wisdom then. If there's a limitation on man's wisdom, God has a greater wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden, but God has, that God has destined for our glory before time began. Keep that up there, please. Hold on, let's go back. We declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden, that God has destined for our glory before time began. God has destined for our glory before time began. God had intended, always intended his people. Always, 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 always before time. God always intended his people to walk in his wisdom, which is greater than this world's wisdom. Always. Always. He always intended for his people. To operate in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and experience the wisdom of God, a wisdom greater than our own, Uh, destined for our glory. Hold on that word glory for a minute. Glory means the full weight of who God is. So there's things we don't yet understand because we have limits in our natural wisdom, but He always intended for us to understand them and always intended for us to walk in the full weight of who He is. Let's keep reading. None of the rulers of this age understand it, for if they had, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. However, it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. Why? Because your eye, your ear, your mind cannot comprehend the vastness and bigness of God. And if your mind can, you're not serving the right God. Don't bring him down to your level. No mind, no ear, no eye can comprehend how big God is or the things that God's prepared for those who love him. All right. Love that. I love that, but I don't like the clock, but I love that, all right? So that word glory, the full weight of who God is. God wants to get you his glory. You are destined for the full weight of who he is. You're destined for things beyond the natural, because God is a supernatural God. God wants everyone to live a life full of the full weight of who God is, and to live in these evil days that we live in, in, in the full weight of who he is and reach others. He always intended for us to have that. Now he needs to download the full weight of, of who he is to you and I. He needs to download the full weight of who he is to you and I. If the full weight of God is, has descended or would descend on you or your natural body, something's gotta give, and it ain't God. If the full weight of who God is was to descend on our natural body or mind, that something would have to give and it's not God. So God's dilemma is to get you the full weight of who he is and your natural mind is incapable of understanding that. So we are human and God wants us to walk in something greater than ourselves, the full weight of who he is. Let me give you an illustration. I don't know about you, but I I get frustrated with smartphones. I do. I, I don't understand the updates, and I update, and I don't like, I was really getting to know the current operating system I was on. I was feeling good with that. A couple of years back, I was like on 2000, no, I'm operating system four, and I was pretty comfortable with it. I, I didn't want to change. I, I'm not real techie, so I, it did enough, right? It, it did. I know there's a lot of other bells and whistles to it, but it did enough. And then all of a sudden, it stops work, things stop working. They do that so you have to upgrade or whatever, right? It's like it's not working anymore. And so I'm like, hey, my phone's not working like it should. Well, did you do the update? I haven't done the update. Well, you need to do the update. Well, then when I do the update, I think, hey, this update's pretty great. And then I realize all of a sudden, it's like, man, this can do a whole lot more than I thought it would. You know what, and when I say it this way. This might be a silly illustration, but you know what, some of us are still walking in the operating system of when we got saved, and we need an update to operate at a higher level. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is how God downloads the update to you so you can operate at a higher level. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is God's new operating system for us to operate at a higher level than we currently are. And so we need to operate at a different level, not the same level. God's big, we're human, we need a better operating system. We need a better operating system. We all need an upgrade. 1 Corinthians 2 8 through 9. <clears> 1 <throat> Corinthians 2, eight through nine. I may have already covered that. Let's take a look one more time at it. Or I may not have given you that one. Sometimes I can do that, not give you things. 1 Corinthians 2, eight through nine. Okay, none of the rulers, we already talked about None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Nine. What, again, here, here's what it is. What no eye has seen, this is what I want to say. What no ear has heard, what no human mind can comprehend, the Lord, uh, the things God, human mind can comp- conceive what God has prepared for them. We need a new operating system. <clears throat> so I want you to understand that. So God tried to download the full weight of who he is into the natural part of us that can't see him in his fullness, that can't hear him in his fullness, that can't understand him in his fullness, it doesn't make sense. And if you read this in context, it's impossible for our natural being to understand or grasp the full weight of who God is. And God sees our world, he sees the evil in it, he sees our struggles, our natural limitations, and he knows our assignment, he gives us our mission to change the world, and he knows we don't have enough in the natural to pull it off. We don't. No eye, no ear, no mind. We have to go and live beyond the natural, but God has a hope to download his glory in us. That's his dilemma then, and our natural being, how can he download the full weight of who he is? Colossians 1.27 shows us this. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, what? The hope of glory. What's our hope? Christ Jesus. What he's saying is the way God can get his, download his operating system into you, it doesn't work in your natural being because you can't handle the full weight of who God is. So how did God handle that? What's the hope that we have to have the full weight of who God is? It's Christ Jesus in us. <clears throat> in other words, when we give our heart to Jesus, that means that now we have a part of us that's like God. So, God can download the full weight of who He is into you, into something that's like Him, and that's Jesus in the Holy Spirit form in you. God now has a way to download His full weight into you, and it's in the part of you that's like Him. <clears throat> it's in the part of you that's like Him. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So, God wants to download in your natural mind, and, in your, nat- and your natural mind and senses cannot comprehend or understand it. Normally, it would seem hopeless, but where's the hope? Christ Jesus in you. That's why the only prerequisite to the baptism of the Holy Spirit is salvation. Because you have to have a part of you then that's recreated in the image of God. Because God then can take the full way of who he is and put in, that, put in you the full way of who he is and the part that's just like him. And that's how he does it. He can only download who he is into the part of us that's been changed to look like him. You realize when we get saved, we're changed and transformed in the image of Christ, not obviously outwardly and naturally. We are spiritually. So God now communicates spirit to spirit. And so he downloads spirit to spirit into that part in you. That's, can I just say that it just makes sense? Because we are natural beings and we cannot comprehend and we cannot contain the vastness, the humanity the greatness of who he is without a salvation experience and then he wants to empower us and the only way he can do that is to download his power into the part of us that's made to be like him. It just makes sense to me. So Christ is the hope for the full weight of who God is to be downloaded into you and I. It connects our spirit with God's spirit. It is possible to receive all God has In us now, because of Christ. It's not possible in our natural body or mind, only the part that's made in the image of God. God set it up that way. 1 Corinthians 2 10 through 12 says this These are things, these are the things God has revealed to us by His capital S Spirit, the Holy Spirit. The capital S Spirit, Holy Spirit, searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thought except their own spirit within them? No one. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Okay? Verse 12. What we have received is not the spirit of this world, little s, but the spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, who is from God, listen to this, so that we may understand what God is freely giving us. So it's the part of us created to be in the image of God that can receive the full weight of who God is or the things of God. Other than that, you just can't. It says again, you can't understand it without you having a part of you that's from God. So God wants to make sure that we have a way to download that. Listen, that's let me say we're the only creation that has a spirit. And then I want to break anybody's feelings. I mean, I lost my best my. Little dog for 13 years last year, but I know because I saw the movie All Dogs Go to Heaven. I know he's in heaven, but it's we're the only beings that have a spirit. Why? Because we're the ones in God want to download the full way to who he is. God created that way. God created a way. So God created a way, a vehicle to do that. A vehicle, a way to get his full weight to you. An operating system, an operating language, a heavenly language. God created a language, a heavenly language, a spiritual language to connect our spirit to his spirit. But a language that would frustrate our mind, that would frustrate our will, our brain, and our mind cannot cannot stand being bypassed. God had to have a way to bypass your natural mind because your natural mind will talk you out of things of God. The natural mind is the enemy of God because it cannot, your natural mind cannot comprehend the vastness of God. So it's like, no, that can't happen. No, that's not real, come on, that's not true. Our natural mind will bring God down to the size of our natural mind. So he has to bypass, he has to bypass that. He bypasses our mind and creates a way to get it to our spirit and that's our struggle. It's that bypass part to get his spirit connected to our spirit. So, God created a heavenly language, and we see it all throughout Scripture in the New Testament. We see it in the New Testament, it's there. Sadly, people despise it or make fun of it, and the enemy doesn't want us walking in it. The enemy does not want you walking in the full weight of who God is, he does not want you walking in the supernatural. So he's created confusion and use and abuse because if he can't keep you from getting to heaven, he's going to do everything he can to keep you from helping other people get to heaven. And remember the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to be my witnesses, to walk a life that will share the life of Jesus with other people. So Romans 8, 16 says this, our spirit testifies with God's spirits. So they're in communion or community together. Our, you know, when it comes to God, our spirit does not filter God through our mind. It's spirit to spirit, it bypasses it. God reveals us through his his spirit. First Corinthians two, did I finish that passage out, 10 through 16? This is what we speak, now here listen, this is what we speak, this is what we speak, not in words taught to us by human wisdom, not your ABCs, not your phonics, Not all that stuff. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom because it's limited, but in words taught by the capital S, Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with what? Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit, Holy Spirit, does not accept the things that come from the Holy Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Spirit to spirit. So, absolutely, people that don't have the Holy Spirit, they're going to say this. You go to that church, you that crazy Tree of Life church? Don't they talk in tongues, speak in tongues over there, handle snakes? No, we just are across the street from the snake farm. <laughs> I don't handle them. I'm scared of snakes. But yes, absolutely, this is the church that believes speaking in tongues. Amen. I believe the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The person with the Spirit, S Holy Spirit, makes judgment about all things, but a person is not subject to merely human judgments because your mind, human judgment, cannot understand that. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Amen? I love that. That's a beautiful passage of scripture right there where it's taught by the Spirit. God created a way to get his fullness in us, his glory through your spirit man in a heavenly language. That's the vehicle, that's the conduit, if you will. That's the operating system, the download. Operating language, heavenly language, however you want to do. Taught by the Spirit of God. And let me tell you this, tongues is not some crazy gibberish. It's not. And I'm sorry that there are people that believe that and teach that and talk about it and walk in it. I'm sorry, I wish I could change all that, I can't. And, and, and I'd like to say that if you receive the gift tonight and you receive, you have it and you speak in tongues, I'd like to say that, that that people won't make fun of you. I'd like to say that people won't persecute, but that'd be lying to you. People will make fun of you because they'll think it's foolishness. Yes. And people will persecute you, but hey, blessed are they are persecuted for righteousness' sake. But I would rather people make fun of me and walk in the fullness of God yes. than care what they say and miss out on what God has for me. Just, let me say that. That's for me, it's just me. And let me say this, that it's not something crazy or to be despised. It's something beautiful between you and God, your spirit and God's spirit. So created your spirit, man, so you can receive things that your mind cannot comprehend. And let me say this, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to make you do weird, crazy, goofy, spooky things. In fact, you're a participant. And can I tell you, I've seen a lot of crazy stuff, and in fact, just not long ago, my oldest daughter and I went to a camp meeting revival, and we knew exactly what it was going to be, and I enjoyed that, but you know, I see that, I see that, I know that, I've experienced that here, but can I tell you, most of what I see when it gets really, really crazy, those people were crazy before they had the Holy Spirit, because I don't think I'm a crazy person, and if you've been here, you haven't seen craziness, but we believe in the person and power of the Holy Spirit here. And I believe that there's a way that it operates in decency and in order. Okay? I just want you to know that. If we've received the full weight of who God wants us to be, then we need to operate in that power of the Holy Spirit. So here's the pushback Do I have to speak in tongues? Here's the pushback Do I have to speak in tongues? Let me give you the answer No, you do not have to speak in tongues. You get to speak in tongues. You get, to, you get to experience this download of heavenly power. You don't have to, but can I tell you, I want it all. Why, the days are evil? I'm trying to be a husband in evil days. I'm trying to be a dad in evil days. I'm trying to be a man in evil days. I'm trying to be a pastor in evil days. And can I tell you, because the days are evil, I need a power greater than my own natural power and ability, because the days are evil? Can I tell you that the, really the issue people have with the tongues thing is the public part of it? And I, and I know that can spook you, rears you out or whatever, but can I tell you the greatest thing about speaking in tongues is me doing it at home and, and, and getting revelation from God about the direction for my family? Yes. Can I tell you, with a, with a 17 and 18 year old, I'm thankful that I'm praying in tongues in the Holy Ghost at home and then listen to God download me and things about, give me direction and answers and stuff for life. Can I tell you, you need the the Holy Spirit if you have teenagers. It's true. I was at a hospital a while back. Some people were in the emergency room, San Antonio, so my wife and I went and uh, we sat out there with the family and there was somebody over here that being prayed for and there was um, two ministers there and I appreciate them being there and praying for people appreciate their courage But then at one point in time it wasn't a big waiting room but at one point in time one of them both of them just started the, the minister started praying in tongues as loud as they possibly could God said it freaked me out a little bit <laughs> It's like, how can I do that and I, I don't know, I won't say that the, that the Lord directed them to do that, but, but they can do it or not do it, you're, you're a participant in it. But I thought, it just kind of weirded out everybody else in there, and I just, am I going to go to Walmart one day, and God's just going to drop it on me, and I'm going to start speaking in tongues in the aisle as loud as I can? I mean, that's, Can I tell you, if I, see, if I see you, I'm going down the other aisle. You yeah. I, th- I think we're, we're, we're afraid of stuff, but can I tell you, God doesn't do things to humiliate you, God doesn't do things to embarrass you. He may have you pray for somebody under your your breath, but not to draw attention to yourself in the middle of a place like that. And again, I'm not judging that situation. But but I want you to know that sometimes our turnoff is because we hear people that will tell us things from experiences they've had that maybe aren't even directed by the Holy Spirit. Because he's not going to make you weird out somewhere, some kind of thing. He's not going to put you in some kind of trance. And you're not a ventriloquist dummy. So just want you to know that. Okay, let me give you another one. Push back. Uh, Can every believer speak in tongues? When you look in Acts, you see five cases where people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Three mention tongues in it. One that doesn't is the Apostle Paul. But we see later in Acts 9 that he speaks in tongues. So he's received it at some point. So four out of five of them show speaking in tongues. So the assumption would be at some point the other one does, but it didn't mention it. But some believe not all can speak in tongues. And we can see some of that in 1 Corinthians 12. Let me, let me, give me a little extra time tonight. 1 Corinthians 12 is about the gifts, God distributing gifts. The gift of speaking in tongues is different than the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Much like the gift of faith, because the Bible says when we're saved, we all have the measure of faith. Every believer has a measure of faith, but there is a special gift given to some to operate in a gift of faith. The Bible says that every believer can lay hands on the sick and see them recover, but in the same passage that people would say, speaking in tongues for everybody, it says there's gifts of healing, but not everybody has a gift of healing. No, but every believer has the ability to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. In fact, when you look at the Great Commission, it also, it also talks about speaking in tongues. So The baptism of the Holy Spirit, I believe, is for everyone to speak in tongues, but there are gifts, so people will look at the gifts and say, well, it's not for everybody, and I'd say they're reading it out of context. And there's another passage that talks about that those things will cease. Knowledge will cease. Miracles will cease. Speaking in tongues will cease. And they're, they're, they're reading out of context again. That passage of scripture is when we're in heaven. I see things darkly, but now I see face to face. So they will cease when we're in heaven because when you're in heaven, you won't need to speak in tongues. Just, it's true. I, I know I've heard all the arguments. I'm telling you, and I'm not... I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to try and talk you into anything. I just want to bring you the truth of the word of God. So Mark 16, 17 says, these signs will follow those who believe. And one of those is they will, can speak in new tongues. Lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Uh, again, I recover the tongues, we'll see. Okay, cool. so what can I expect? Let me close this out. What can I expect? Number one, freedom in worship. You think you enjoy worship in your time with the Lord right now? you get filled with the Holy Spirit, it goes to a whole nother level. It, it does. How, how, how do we know? We, we, we saw that passage of scripture that talked about, I think it was Acts 2, 11, that they came out and they shared with everybody from that was under you know, all the people, tribes or tongues all around. They shared what they shared, the wonderful works of God. What was that? That just, to me, it's like a worship experience. It's talking about the wonderful works of God. Intimacy the wonders of God Uh, you can expect clarity for God's vision clarity for God's vision Acts 2 16 through 17 Acts 2 know this it was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days God says I'll pour out my spirit capital S Holy Spirit on all people your sons and daughters will prophesy saying things that are to come the Holy Spirit remember shows you that your young men will see visions of things to come your old men will dream dreams I'm telling you you start praying the Holy Spirit you'll get clarity for your life that's what it's talking about Clarity for the future. What what do you have for me, God? Spend time speaking in the, praying the Holy Spirit. All those things are uh, elements of the Holy Spirit. The problem many people have of the heavenly language is the public part. We talked about that. The greatest part of it to me is the private part. I'm not even worried about the public part. I'm loving the private part. I'm loving standing right here on Sunday morning and praying the Holy Ghost. While worship is going on, not through the whole worship set, because I, I love singing and I'm, no one's in front of me so nobody can hear me. I love praying the Holy Spirit at my house. I love driving down the road, praying the Holy Spirit. I really like to pray in the Holy Spirit when I have to do chores around the house because it helps me stay, keep my heart right, right? Bible says it builds up your most holy faith. Praying the Holy Ghost. Power and prayer, talking about it right now. Romans eight twenty six through 27 says this. Romans 8, 26. In the same way, the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit, Holy Spirit himself, intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Have you ever come across a time that you just didn't even know what to pray? Can I tell you, all the time? I don't know if that discourages, great pastor. Thank you. I'm great, pastor. <laughs> but here's what you should comfort in: when I don't, I pray in the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you right now, I pray in the Holy Spirit. So listen: you, when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you're praying a perfect prayer because your spirit's been connected with God's spirit, and you're praying out the perfect will of God for your life. Can I tell you? Every day we come across things we just don't know what to pray. What do you do? Just pray in the Holy Spirit. Bible says you pray according to the will of God because your spirit's in communion with God's spirit and He's helping direct your prayers. And can I tell you, prayer is powerful. It's powerful. So we need to be praying in the Holy Spirit. And you know what? When the Bible says to pray without ceasing, have you ever tried to pray without ceasing using real words? I run out in about two minutes. I just don't. You know really what I think that they were speaking to there? Praying the Holy Spirit. You can pray in the Holy Spirit all day long. Why, because you're not trying to think of your next word? Like I ran out of everybody I know. What am I going to pray for now? Pray in the Holy Spirit. Freedom and worship, clarity and vision, power and prayer. You can trust the Lord. So what do we do? What's the next step? Number one, remove all barriers. My hope tonight was you to could come in a clean slate and just listen to the Word of God. Remove all bad experiences. Remove all uh, uh, things people have told you, either for or against. Remove uh, all the abuses and misuses of it all. Remove pride. Remove unforgiveness. Bad ex- remove what other people think. Remove all the barriers. Number two, request the Holy Spirit confidently. Confidently, it is for you. We're not praying any of these prayers, Lord. If it be Your will, please baptize me in the power of the Holy Spirit. It is his will. It's his will, the Bible says it's his will for you, your children, and all those that are far off. Anybody that ever even comes on the planet, it's his will that all of us are filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, so we don't pray these wimpy, oh if it be your will, please Holy Spirit, we pray, I want it, I want what you have. Luke 11 says he'll freely give the Holy Spirit to anybody that asks. Number three, receive the gift, reach out by faith, and take it. It's not a Holy Spirit takeover. It's not. I think that's part of the reason some people don't want to do that. They think that all of a sudden that you're going to be this ventriloquist dummy. You're not. You voluntarily have to participate. Yes. Your salvation was through faith. That's just the Holy Spirit speaking touched through faith. In other words, open your mouth and start to Speak. And even if it's just like, thank you, Lord, or whatever, we'll talk about that in just a minute. Open your mouth. You participate with the Holy He's not going to force anything on you. He's not. And here's why I was thinking about, wow, God, why didn't you give us that when we got saved? Because can you imagine how few people would actually want salvation? Because again, you can get to heaven without speaking tongues, but you can't get there without Jesus. So he didn't package it together that way. He wants you to have it, so receive it, just like salvation. Just like salvation, nobody can talk me out of my salvation. Nobody can talk me out of my baptism in the Holy Spirit. I received it the same way. Number four, release your prayer language. It's your decision. Holy Spirit's not going to grab your tongue. By faith, you start speaking it out. By faith, you start you stop. By faith, you stop praying in English, and you start praying in the Spirit. By faith, you stop worshiping in English, and you start worshiping in the Spirit. Can I tell you one of the things I love the most is I, I love to sing in the Holy Spirit. I love that. That's like a double whammy, right? It's like worship and Holy Spirit in tongues. I just want to say this. We see hands laid on people in the scripture to receive the Holy Spirit, but not every instance. You can receive with hands laid on you, you can receive without. My dad, in fact, founder of this church, one day he heard the teachings on it, and one day on the way to work, on his commute to work, he just said, okay, I'm I've heard it, and pulled his car over on the side of the road, and said, "I want it." Start speaking in tongues. I received it as twelve years old. I had hands laid on me. They brought me in front of the pastor's wife. I thought, "Oh my gosh, that brought the big guns out for me." I was a little nervous. <laughs> they prayed for me. Took me in a back room, all that kind of stuff. It wasn't until later that day, on the way home, I'm just like, "I maybe got nervous or what?" I don't know. But let's not make a doctrine out of how. Let's just want it. There's a passage of scripture when Peter's preaching and in the middle of his preaching, to people that aren't saved, by the way, in the middle of his preaching, all of a sudden they start speaking in tongues. So obviously then, in the middle of his preaching without an altar call, they said yes to Jesus. Hey, we're not gonna wait for this guy to finish preaching. We want you, Jesus, and we're not gonna wait for this guy to finish preaching. they start speaking in the Holy Ghost. It's a lot of different ways. Make a decision based on God's word